You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. So I'll tell you what, let's take our Bibles tonight. I don't want to keep you real long. Uh, to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Wonderful book, this book by the prophet Ezekiel. And of course, there's many visions that he has throughout his book. In the first few chapters, there's the vision of the wheel in the wheel. And of course, these are all visions that God gives to encourage the children of Israel uh, in their captivity to realize that there will be an end. God will bring about an end. And, And in chapter 37, there's the vision of the dry bones coming to life. And again, an encouragement to the children of Israel in their captivity. And now we come to chapter 47, and God gives to Ezekiel another vision. And we could entitle this, uh, this message tonight different things. We could talk about the river of the sanctuary. We could call this uh, uh, the man with the measuring line because you'll see him uh, down a few uh, verses here. We could also call this passage of Scripture waters to swim in. Or maybe we could call this passage launch out into the deep or in fact dare to go deeper and i'd like to challenge all of us tonight along those lines dare to go deeper for the lord jesus christ and then i would like to tie it in tonight to the matter of missions and faith promise missions giving if i could so hang in there with me take your bible and we'll work through some of these verses the first thought is this tonight and it comes from verse one true life begins at the beginning. Now that sounds like a brilliant statement, doesn't it? True life begins at the beginning. Well, that's a no-brainer. Let's look at the verse. Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east. And the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. So what you see right at the beginning in this vision is that this individual is brought to the door. The door is the beginning. And of course, if you think about the New Testament, what did Jesus say? I believe it's in John chapter 10. He said, I am the door. That's the beginning of true life. That's the beginning of an abundant life in Christ, something that all of us should desire. If you know the Lord as your Savior, an abundant life. But it begins with salvation. He came to the door. Jesus said, I am the door. Notice it says waters issued out from under the threshold of the house. This is the house of God. It's the temple. It's living waters, if you will. It's waters of abundant life that are flowing out of the temple. What a wonderful vision or picture here for us 
of what we should desire in our spiritual and uh, our, our life. These living waters from the Lord. And so true life begins at the beginning. Now, let me jump ahead of a few verses to give you the second thought, okay? Verse number five. Afterward, he measured. Here's the man with the measuring line again. He measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. The second thought is this tonight. The further you go, the closer you get to the goal. The goal here is waters to swim in. Now, I don't know if everyone in here tonight swims or not, but I like to swim. I have through my, uh, my life. I remember as a young person, my mother saw to it that I had swimming lessons, and I was kind of like a water rat. I enjoyed it. Uh, when I finished Bible college, I went to Florida and began ministry. In the summer, I was working with a uh, Christian camp down there, and unfortunately, it might have been my first summer with the camp, we had a young boy drown. Very, very sad situation. I was not involved in the waterfront at that time, but I went to the camp director after that season, and I said, uh, if I can help, I'd like to in, in a subsequent year. And, uh, but I said, listen, if I do that, I need to get the proper training I need. So he, he said, yeah, sure, sure. And of course, you understand why he would be saying, sure, sure, after somebody drowned. Not a good situation. So I went to Jacksonville University, and uh, I took a WSI, Water Safety Instructor Program, and, and there you learn how to, you learn all, it's through the Red Cross, and you learn everything about swimming and, and teaching people to swim, and lifeguards, and so forth. And, and so I went through that, and then for a few years after that, I was the waterfront director at this camp. But can you imagine, can you imagine being a swimming instructor and having kids come to camp in the summertime and it's hot and, and, say, and then saying to the kids, now kids, you can only go in the water up until your ankles. They wouldn't like that very well, would they? Oh, but kids, the water, it can be dangerous, and you could drown. And so you may only go up to your ankles in the water. Well, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Those kids all wanted to get in as far as they could. And of course, we had to be careful for the ones that couldn't swim. They didn't go too far, but they enjoyed swimming. I've enjoyed swimming through my life. I still do, in fact, a little bit. And so the goal is waters to swim in, to be able to get to the place in our spiritual life where we can just swim through every circumstance that's there. By faith, God enables us. Now, there's some steps. Now, that's the goal in verse 5. Okay, we'll back up because there's some steps to get to the goal. And this is where I want you to be thinking where you fit in tonight to these steps, all right? The first one, let's go back to verse 2. 
Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters from the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters, the waters that were to the ankle. Now here's the thought that goes with these steps that I'm going to give you to get to the goal, okay? The thought is this, the deeper the depth, the closer your relationship with God. So, okay, you see what's happening in this picture here, this vision that Ezekiel is giving to us? First, there's the door. You get saved, all right? You come in through the door, through Jesus Christ, and get saved. But then it says, he went into the waters up unto the ankles, all right? Remember what I just said a moment ago. Well, there's not a whole lot of thrill about getting in the water up unto the ankles. Now, it's good to do that. A person gets saved, comes in through the door over here. Sure, they get introduced right away to some of the basics of the Christian life. First of all, you get saved, you get baptized. Okay, saved, baptized. You're getting in the waters. And it's an important thing to get into the water. You remember the children of Israel when they came to the Jordan River? What did they have to do before the waters separated? I bet some of the kids here tonight know. Yeah, I got some hands back here. I had some sharp ones in Sunday school this morning, Pastor. They had to step into the water to the ankle. Then the waters separated, didn't they? Yeah, so you come in, here's the door, you get saved, and your spiritual life begins, stage one, at the ankles, and you start to learn some of the basics of the Christian life. And I don't know when everybody in here got, there could be, it's possible some that are here tonight, you're new converts, you're new believers in Christ, and you're just getting uh, familiar, familiar with this uh, thing of the spiritual, the Christian life. And so in the vision here, he gets into the ankles. Step one. Now let's go on. Verse four. And he measured a thousand and he brought me through the waters, the waters that were to the, now notice, knees. Okay. So here's the door. Here's the ankles. Now the knees. Okay, the knees are a place where there is greater resistance. All right, my wife and I joined a uh, uh, oh, what, do you, what do you call it? It's a uh, it's for seniors, <laughs> senior citizens, Pastor. Uh, a place uh, it's a facility in Holland, Michigan, for senior citizens. And I hate to kind of say that, but uh, I already told you that I'm in the looking good category, right? So, uh, and it's, you have to be 55, and they've got an exercise room there. They've got lots of programs there. It's a, it's a wonderful place that we have over there. And uh, one thing that I enjoy is they have a saltwater swimming pool. I'd never been in a saltwater swimming pool before. But remember, I told you I like to swim. 
And so I experience it. Now they keep it real nice for our, us senior people, warm. And so it, the first time I went into the pool, you know what was going on? Senior citizens were walking across the pool back and forth. Now, actually, there's a couple lanes for swimming. I still do the swimming part. But a lot of the people, all they were doing was walking back and forth in the swimming pool. Now, why? Because there's resistance there, okay? And that's good exercise. Walking back, and I think it's how many laps? 80 laps for a mile? <laughs> it's a lot. Back and forth, back and forth. But that's what people were doing because the resistance against their legs, their knees, their thigh area, is what gave them exercise. Now listen, in the spiritual life, we come in through the door, we get into the ankles, we shouldn't stop there, right? Now there's nothing wrong with a four or five-year-old with being in kindergarten. But if a person is, if a young person is 14 years old, he shouldn't be in kindergarten anymore. And you got to go deeper. And so you get into the knees. To, and here's the thing. You get into the point where you're going to find some resistance in your spiritual life and journey. Now, a lot of you have been saved for a good period of time. So you know what I'm saying is true, right? There'll be, Satan will oppose. There'll be battles. There'll be trials that you go through. Difficulties will come. And, and unless I'm badly mistaken, there's probably some people here tonight that are going through challenges in your life. Difficulties. Resistance. And you know what happens? Sometimes when that resistance comes, people kind of fall by the wayside. And you know that's true. People that have been in this church in the past. Now, whether they're truly born again or not, God maybe is the only one who knows. But the resistance does come. And what we must do is keep on keeping on when that resistance is there in our life. And so that's the next stage. I lost my place. I'll find it. Uh, we got another step here. Where did it go? It's in the Bible here somewhere, isn't it? Ezekiel, Jeremiah. There we go. Okay, let's go on. And the waters were to the knees. Verse 4 again. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters, and, and through the waters were to the loins now. The loins are the midsection, okay? And uh, this is the area of the, rep the reproductive zone of anatomy, okay? This is a place of maturity as a believer in Christ. So it starts over here at the door you get into the ankles then to the knees and there's some resistance but you know what you keep up with that you know what in the swimming pool people that do that all the time you know what they build up their strength and stamina 
spiritually the same way. And pretty soon you get to the place where you're into the loins, the reproductive zone of human anatomy. This is a place of spiritual maturity. The book of Hebrews challenges us to go from milk to meat. But you know what? Not all believers get here. Not all do. But this is a place where uh, in your spiritual life you're able to understand doctrine. You're able to reproduce, see other people come to know Christ. It's a place where you have the assurance of God's grace and salvation in your life. It's a place where you know and understand the importance of the house of God. It's a place where you understand tithing and its place in your life. You know the, the doctrines of justification, sanctification, and what that means to you. You understand the blood atonement. You're interested, and not only interested, you're looking for the second coming of Christ. You You've become a mature Christian. Remember, it was uh, in uh, uh, Elijah, after his great battle on Mount Carmel, uh, that the Bible says he gird up his loins before he ran before the chariot of Ahab. He gird up his loins. It's a place of strength in your spiritual life. Have you gotten to that place? Are you working on it? Because that's the third stage. The fourth stage is the verse we read, verse 5. The fourth stage is waters to swim in. You see, then you just kind of, you know, you go, you, you go through all of these stages, and finally you get to the, the stage four, and there you are. You're swimming through the water. And you're defying some of the laws of gravity that want to pull you under, and you're staying on top and just swimming along and enjoying the current and enjoying the time. That's the spiritual life. Now, let me apply this to the matter of of faith, promise, giving, if I can, uh, tonight, and challenge you as a church in, in this matter of your missions. God bless you for what you've done. And I understand that this is a transition time for your pastor and his wife. And uh, in fact, he said, we don't have cards this year. But you know what? That shouldn't deter anyone. That shouldn't stop anyone. You see, this matter of faith, promise, missions, I believe is so important. I I firmly believe that Christy and I, we never would have, well, I shouldn't say that. God is able. Um, but I don't know how we would have gotten to the mission field without churches such as yours that practice faith, promise, missions, giving. Now, there are churches that use other approaches. There are some that do it out of their budget. Uh, I'm not going to say that's wrong at all because the Bible doesn't really clearly come out with a faith promise mission program as we practice it in our uh, fundamental churches today. The Bible is full of faith and it's full of promises and you can very easily put the two together, all right? But there are churches that do things different ways. I have a dear Canadian pastor friend in Winnipeg, north of here. 
Uh, he and I and another pastor from Portage La Prairie in Manitoba were together one time, and somehow the conversation came up about missions. And both of those fellas do it out of their budget, okay? And uh, my friend, dear friend, Archie Dick, he said, uh, he said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, I'm not really terribly sharp, okay, because it didn't come to me later. Later, I, you know, that, that thought was on my mind. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But later, the thought came to me, well, you know, if you've got a 60-watt bulb up here in this, this light, but you could put a 100-watt bulb and get more light, wouldn't you do it? I would. And to me, that is uh, uh, what God has done through Faith Promise Missions giving. Now, Faith Promise Missions, uh, in a way, perhaps started in Canada. I can't say that for absolute certainty, but a man by the name of Oswald J. Smith is is really kind of considered the father of faith promise missions giving. Now, he wasn't even a Baptist. He was originally a Presbyterian, but got saved. There are saved Presbyterians, okay? He got saved. Later, he became Missionary Alliance. And if you're familiar with them, we had a lot of them in Canada. Now, they give out the gospel, clear and straight and plain, and very mission-minded, he became Missionary Alliance, and then he founded the People's Church in Toronto, which still is in existence, grew to be a large church in Toronto, still is, I think, I'm not sure how large it is today. It was, under his leadership, a large church, and he's, he's credited with sort of fostering the concept of faith, promise, missions, giving. There's a number of things that he's quoted as saying, listen to these. The mission of the church is missions. Pastor as much as said that already, right? Uh, he said this, no one has the right to hear the gospel twice when someone hasn't heard it once. How many times have we heard the gospel? And yet how much of this world's population has never heard it once? He said this, if I can't go myself, I will send someone. And indeed, that is the mission of the church, of us as believers in Christ. Either go yourself or send someone. How else can we fulfill the Great Commission? We either go ourselves or we send someone. And so the faith promise missions, I believe God has blessed and used in our fundamental churches uh, for many years now. And it's sort of like this. You come in at the beginning, like the door, all right? You make the decision, I'm going to get involved. And it could be, I don't have any idea. Maybe somebody, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe all of you are involved. But chances are some of you are not. So come in at the door and get started. And then you go into the ankles. All right? And I've seen folks like this come in and get into the ankles. And the ankles is sort of like 
well, let me get my budget now and figure out how much I might be able to do after all the bills are paid and I've got everything else that I need and, and want taken care of, then, okay, yeah, we're going to have uh, this amount of dollars left over every month so I can do faith promise. That's not faith. None of you figure it out like that, and I just know I can from my budget. But you get started somewhere. All right. Some of you maybe are at this spot. But then you move on. Remember the next level here, stage? It was the knees, right? And so some people in this matter of faith, promise, mission, giving, get into the water up to the knees, so to speak. Right? And then they're met with, what did we say? Resistance. Right? And so, all right, faith, promise. And by the way, you don't have a card this year, but you're being challenged tonight and perhaps onward. You'll be challenged. What are you going to do for faith, promise, missions, giving? You don't have to have a card to make a decision like this. So you get in and you make a decision. I don't really see how I can do this, but I believe God wants me to do it. And so I'm going to get in and, and, so to speak, to the knees. But then you know what happens? There's some resistance. What do I mean? Well, maybe the hot water heater breaks. I wasn't thinking of that. Maybe the hot water heater breaks. Um, The car, the muffler falls off. Oh, we weren't planning on that resistance a a medical bill it could be a whole host of things the house has a water dam that you have to fix who knows what it is but there's resistance i got to pay for that but but i stepped out by faith what are you going to do continue on by faith how are you going to do it i don't know but god will do it for you if you believe him it may be that God will provide some other way through some other means. Or it might mean you cut back and adjust your budget somehow, some way. There are ways. We, we all seem to get what we want in life somehow, it seems like. And there are ways. If we're determined we're going to be involved with this matter of faith, promise, missions, giving. Even, but, but you know what? Some people, when the resistance comes, I can't do that anymore. And I, and I don't know. I don't know, but folks do. I know they do. And that's between you and God. Isn't that how it works, Pastor? It's between you and God. But you see, you go to that stage, and then you move on. And some of you maybe have been here before, and you've gone through the resistance. Now maybe you're over here where you're into the loins, the waist area. This is where it's starting to get good your spiritual life and you're knowing the joys and the blessings of having lived by faith and being involved in God's plan to reach this world for Christ and what a joy that is and and then before you know it somehow and I don't really know how the transition kind of works but you get to that that fourth stage that last stage where it's like you're in the waters just swimming along and uh, you realize that living by faith is the greatest thing that's possible why didn't we know this before 
Why didn't we do this before? Living by faith. Now let me show you. We're almost done here. But let's go back to our passage because I want to show you a couple more things from the passage. What's the result of living by faith? All right, verse 6, I think we got up to. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now, verse 7, When I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and on the other. What do the trees represent? They represent life. Life abundantly. That's what I talked about at the beginning of the, the waters in verse 1 uh, are, are really a picture of the abundant life in Christ. That's what God wants us to have. And let's go on, verse 8. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go out into the sea. Notice the surrounding area here is desert which bring uh, uh, being uh, brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Notice the life that's being uh, prophesied here. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Now listen, folks. I have talked with people that are more theologically inclined than I, I am, but I am convinced when the Bible talks about fish here, it's talking about walleye. Amen? Do I get an amen on that? Walleye. Now, I've, I've talked with some other theologians, and they think it's northern pike, but I'm convinced the Greek word here means walleye. But notice, it was a great multitude of fish so they're out fishing Do we have fishermen in here tonight they're out fishing and I love walleye we call them pickerel in Canada where I and I and and but notice here they're just dropping the line down pulling them up one after another man that's great that's wonderful fishing and so he says there's a multitude of fish because these waters shall come thither and they shall be healed and everything shall live whether the river cometh. Notice the abundant life in Christ, folks. For living by faith and believing God, trusting Him for great things in your life. And it starts at the door being saved. If you're not saved tonight, get saved. Then get in, first of all, to your ankles if you're a new believer in Christ. Start learning. And then you'll move on to the knees. And yes, there's going to be some resistance. But just keep going through the resistance because it will make you strong. And then pretty soon you get to the loins. The area of becoming a mature Christian. And after that, you get into those waters where you can just swim away and enjoy it. It's wonderful. The Christian life in Christ, this matter of following and believing the Lord uh, in faith, promise, missions, giving. A challenge to you tonight. What are you going to do? Church? Okay, no cards. That's okay. Right here's your card. What are you going to decide? 
Are you in just to your ankles? Eh, I think we can do this much. That'll be okay, easy, no problem. Are you in up to your knees? Some resistance has come along and you decide, I'm going to get out. Or do you move on and get to the loins and ultimately to the place where you can swim? Now, notice one final thing, and we're going to be through here in a second, all right? Because it's the fourth thought that I have here, and it's this. Submission takes you to the place of subsistence. Okay, you know what the place of subsistence is. You know if you're, it's the idea of, uh, in life, the idea of living off the land. People that are subsistent, uh, they're living off the land. And it's submission that takes you to that place. Because look back through this passage that we've looked at tonight. Verse 2, it says, Then brought he me. Going on in that verse, it says, He led me. Verse 3, about the middle of the verse, He brought me. Verse 4, he, uh, it says, and brought me. Later in verse 4, towards the end, it says, and brought me. Drop down to verse 6, towards the end of the verse, then he brought me. He was submissive to God and what God was doing in his life. Now, will you be submissive tonight? And in the days ahead, as your new pastor comes and challenges you along these same lines, will you be submissive to him? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.